This podcast is brought to you by Stella Artois. When you're planning to enjoy everything Houston has to offer, especially all the great restaurants in our city, start with Estella. Whether you're going to eat with friends or solo, start with Estella. Stella Artois. Enjoy responsibly. Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. This is a show where we talk about some news that's been going on in the restaurant world and a visit to a restaurant I think you'll want to try. To do that, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She is a beverage consultant that has worked on the cocktail menus for a number of successful Houston restaurants and bars. Linda Salinas, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, the Thompson Hotel, which is currently under construction on Allen Parkway and expected to open in December, announced that it has partnered with Table One Hospitality to open three restaurants, Soul 7, which is kind of the all-day casual restaurant that'll be at the pool level, Chardon, a French brasserie, and Buck 40, an upscale supper club. Uh, Linda, this is, um, this, is a, this is a project that's drawn a lot of attention because, like I said, it's got that really prominent location on Allen Parkway. Uh, part of it's going to be a hotel. Part of it's going to be luxury condos. So, and, and table one is an offshoot of the Mina Group, which, you know, Michael Mina is a big deal California-based celebrity chef. We had uh, we had a Mina restaurant in Houston briefly, International Smoke, never quite caught on the way that it was expected to. I say all that to say to you, you know, Houstonians have always been a little bit skeptical about hotel restaurants. We've kind of seen them come and go over the years. What do you think about about the Thompson Hotel and Table One? Is this are they going to be the exception to the rule? I mean, I think it's really interesting that um, Thompson Hotels um, are a luxury offshoot of a of a of a bigger a bigger chain. Um, but the Catbird in Dallas and um, and actually a good friend of mine does all their beverage for the Thompson Hotels have always been fantastic, fantastic uh, properties. Um, I think one of the reasons they're very successful is, is that they actually, um, they actually end up getting together with a little bit of local talent so that that way you've got a little bit of, of a, of a familiar, a familiar vibe, but um, it's always been, in my experience, um, it's really about those details. You know, for instance, the catbird is very posh, very Dallas, and so I think that if anything, um, if they do pay attention, which I normally, I know that they normally do, we're gonna we're gonna probably see a nice sleek, uh, a sleek um, Houston vibe. So I mean, I'm excited to see what they what they've actually put together for that for this project. I got to say, if nothing else, you know, they, they hired this guy, Alexandre Virio or Vero, 
to be the executive chef for all of the restaurants. Uh-huh. He has a really impressive resume. He's worked for three of the best French chefs in the world, Guy Savoie, Alain Ducasse, and Joël Rubichon. So mm-hmm. just, just for that reason, I'm sort of intrigued by this. And then when I talked to uh, the head of Table One, he, Patrick Yummel, he said Buck 40 is going to be like a really like a house party in the heyday of the Houston oil boom with mm. live music and a big central bar and a lot of table side service and, and interactive presentation. And I, I, I mean, you know, I, I really like all of those things. I mean, you know, Turner's kind of has that vibe, right. And, and it's yeah. not that it would be, you know, the best restaurant for food necessarily, but it's a terrific experience and, and like a really celebratory atmosphere. And so I, I just, for, for that reason, I'm, I'm like, Ooh, buck, buck 40, you, you have my attention. Well, and I also think that it's Houstonians are wanting a little bit more entertainment as opposed to the, you know, like 15 years ago or even 10 years ago, the star chef used to supposedly bring people in, in other cities and Houstonians aren't like that. We were really, we're really about the food and the experience. And I think that now that we are going into um, a, a pivot on what Houstonians want to see, I think that it's it's interesting that we're starting to see, you know, for instance, a couple of places have opened with really, really good entertainment that's coming, you know, that's, that is more Vegas, that is more LA, you know? Yeah, and more so, Miami even, right? Like if we think about a place yeah. like CL or or Seven or, or even Bisou, you know, that they kind of push that nightlife aspect. You know, I, I think Buck 40 could be, you know, maybe not, maybe not quite that nightclub-y, but certainly, you know, certainly kind of over the top, like certainly kind of focusing on experience, like making a really memorable evening. You know, we talk about this all the time, right? That the people want, it's why we have a, a bunch of omakase counters now. It's, it's why, you know, people are going to go out. They want, they want something that they can't do at home. They want something really memorable. Yeah, the show. Yeah, a little, a little pomp, a little circumstance, a little zhuzh. A zhuzh per se. Yeah, and look, if you're going to open a French, a French brasserie, having a, a French trained chef who's worked for for those three guys, I mean, that's that's pretty compelling. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, let's move on to topic number two. KP's Kitchen, which is a restaurant in Spring Branch, announced that it is opening a second location in the Bel Air Triangle area right next to Saltillo, uh, the Mexican steakhouse. Linda, I, I don't suppose you've been to KP's Kitchen, have you? No, unfortunately, I haven't. Do you know Kerry Polly from his time at Benji's? Of course I do. We actually saw him at uh, a little restaurant we went to last week. We did. We're going to talk about Annabelle's in a minute, but, but yeah, I mean, talk, talk about Carrie for just a minute. Cause I, I have some thoughts about this, but I, I thought I'd start with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, Carrie's always been a very uh, warm, welcoming hospitality professional. I remember him from working for, for Benji for several years. We'll never forget a face and always knows who you're with. So I don't, I mean, that, uh, that says a lot for me, but I haven't gotten a chance to get outside the loop and check out his uh, his restaurant. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I'm excited to see what they have, what he has uh, for his uh, second location. I do know that that 
part of town really does need a little bit more uh, restaurant family, you know, like family forward or oriented restaurants. So um, I'd like to see what where they're going to end up landing exact, exactly in property. Yeah, no, I, I think what you said about Kerry is right, right? He is he is one of the most outgoing, hospitable people in the Houston restaurant community. And that has served him very well since he opened KP's Kitchen. Originally, it was kind of in the town and country area, and then he moved it uh, a little farther east down I-10 to Spring Valley. You know, this is this is a guy who's he's always on Facebook. He's in he's in all these Facebook foodie groups. And anytime someone's looking for like, oh, we've got a group, we want to do a dinner. Oh, I need a charcuterie plate for a house party, whatever. Carrie's right there. He's like, come to KP's, you know, I'll give you a round of appetizers. Uh, I'm happy to sit you up with whatever you need. And that's that's who he is. He's he's that guy. He wants to be engaged with the community. He wants to be involved. And and he's done a lot. He's done a lot to kind of market the restaurant along those lines, right? Kids eat free on Tuesdays. He does a community give back night on Wednesday where it's a different local charity or school or whatever that gets a percentage of his sales every week. So he's he's very engaged. And and you always say, you know, know your neighborhood. Well, Kerry grew up in the Bel Air area, right? He's a he's a Jewish guy. He's familiar with that area. He's got a lot of friends who live in that area. And they've been they've been waiting for this. They've been waiting for him to bring uh, KPs to to Bel Air to Meyerland, whatever, and and that's what he's doing. And so I just I think this is such a logical fit, and and he doesn't have a lot of work to do. I mean, he he expects to be open uh, in January, and I think as soon as he does, it's just going to be it's going to be full throttle. I think I think people are going to be really excited about this. What space is he taking over? So it's next to Saltillo Mexican Kitchen. It was. It was originally Genesis Steakhouse, and then it got kind of carved up. Like part of it became a doctor's office, so it leaves him about four thousand square feet. So he'll have a bar and a little private dining room, but but plenty of space. I mean, four thousand square feet will see plenty of people, and it'll be it'll be everything that Bel Air needs, right? It'll be that kind of Houston style or Barnaby style, family friendly. You know, he's got a great burger. He does ribs. He does salads. He does steaks. He does seafood. It's all just, just very, it's very classic stuff. It's, it's well executed. And, and I just think it's, it's a no brainer for Bel Air. Oh yeah. I mean, when they opened up, um, Lankford, they just got slaughtered because it's like classic American food. You know, it's a no brainer for that neighborhood. Right. And the same thing when Dito's just opened with, from uh, from the Armando's people, you know, doing just really classic Tex-Mex in a family friendly environment with good drinks. That's that's all it takes, because that neighborhood has been a little bit underserved and it is it is very affluent. And so they're they're ready to go out like they want to support stuff that opens in that in that neighborhood. And, and I'm sure we'll see plenty of people we know out there as soon as it opens. Awesome. All right. And then topic number three, Prego, the Italian restaurant that has been a staple of Rice Village for something like 40 years, announced that it is moving not very far, only only according to the press release, only like 100 yards. Uh, but the building that it's in is being redeveloped by the uh, Rice Management Corporation. So, you know, Rice Village has undergone 
any number of changes over the years. I mean, you know, you pull in the, you pull in a Prego and you see, oh yeah, there's Shake Shack that used to be La Madeline. You know, the the gap is is out. Uh, other retailers are in. You know, we've seen a host of new restaurants, Hamsa, Navy Blue, uh, all kinds of other stuff. So you know, just just it's been very, uh, very busy in Rice Village these last few years, and and Prego moving is part of that. You know, Linda, I don't I don't know that we need to go into too much detail on this, but but just what it, what advice do you have for Prego as it starts to think about, you know, building out a new location, uh, you know, kind of a chance to to rethink its its design and its approach. I don't know. It's really interesting. I was there a couple of weeks ago. Um, the director, the wine director, I've been friends with since when I still when I did wine, um, which has been almost fifteen years since I did that, and um, and even just talking to the staff, you know, um, they're they really focus they really focus on their regulars, you know. They really focus on their regulars. They have the same clientele. They've had the same clientele for a really long time. And so I think, um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have anything to tell them to change their, change their, their, their groove. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, other than a little bit more <clears throat> presence online, uh, which I always, you know, you know, if it's not broke, uh, if it's not, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I mean, as a whole, I think um, they really know what they're doing. And I think that sometimes just being a staple to the community, just it means a lot to it means a lot to the community. So um, uh, I don't I mean, I don't really know what it's going to look like. But, you know, in, in any new restaurant, new opening, people want to see where, you know, people want to see what the lights look like. What does the menus look like? What does it feel like? You know, so excited to see what they have right no i i'm with you i ha- I happen to have dinner there uh, over the weekend with my family and i you know the menu is maybe a little bit dated compared to some of the more uh contemporary italian restaurants that have opened in the last few years but i don't think i would touch that right i would just leave that alone people obviously love it you've got it you've got a devoted group of regulars just keep them happy i might look at a slightly more contemporary design it's got this kind of dark you know, dark colored walls. It it feels a little bit uh, closed into me. Maybe I I try to maybe lighten and brighten and just just make it a little more contemporary. You know, throw some throw some plants in. Let's be on trend. But yeah, I think you know they've got a solid core of regulars. It's a staple in the community, so I wouldn't I wouldn't change things too much. But I might, you know, I might go to like El Braco. I might go to Ostia. I might even go to Mimo and just kind of look around and be like, okay. Let's try to let's try to be just a little bit more contemporary in our design approach, and and then just you know get get that new location built, fire it up next summer, and and away you go. Well, hopefully get uh, hopefully they'll get that beloved designer that we love, Jen Braverman, because <laughs> she seems to make some real magic, you know, in the city. So you know, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, Linda, I'm going to say that does it for the. News of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. Linda, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk to you about Annabelle Brasserie. This is the latest project from Ben Burr. It is located in the Autry Park mixed use development, which is on Allen Parkway, just east of Shepherd Drive. 
It is, as its name implies, a French restaurant. Russell Kirkham, who had been at Artisans for many years, is leading the kitchen uh, with an assist from our friend Teddy Lopez, who had been with Ronnie Killen for many years, and then spent a little bit of time with the Kirby Group, getting uh, Bayou Heights Beer Garden opened and uh, Verde Garden opened, and now now he's with uh, Berg Hospitality. So so let me just ask you. I mean, what did you what did you think about our meal at Annabelle Brasserie? I just love, love, love the design for Ben Berg's restaurants. I just, you know, it's just flamboyant and big New Yorker vibe. You know what I mean? I really, I just, I like that, that, that vibrose, like, let me tell you who you are. <laughs> um, but um, as a whole, the lighting, the music, the hospitality, um, familiar faces in the dining room, not just like the people eating and drinking, it's the staff, you know? Um, we had several people walk over, chat with us, you know, it's just, it's just a warm, it's a, it's a warm environment. I mean, it's expensive. Um, but I mean, it's Autry Park. I mean, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous development, you know? I mean, just like once that opens up, I mean, they're going to have an all day, they have an all day pastries and breakfast already set in place and you know i mean i'm a runner so you know stopping in for a little cafe con leche and you know after a run i mean it just it sounds like a dream you know yeah let me let me let's let's break that down just a little bit i mean you talked about the design and and i do think that ben berg and and that whole group has really been on the upswing you know kind of starting with trattoria sofia the italian restaurant the heights you know Benny Chow's. We talked about that with the those hand painted uh, panels on the walls, the giant gold uh, plant in the middle. You know it's just it's so over the top. And then at at Annabelle, it's all about that ceiling that has all the the plants hanging down from it. And, and apparently, it's all on a tress, so that whole thing can be lowered and they can swap it out seasonally. Like sometime in the next couple of weeks, they'll swap out and it'll have more of like a Christmas holiday. Uh, theme to the to the plant life over the ceiling it's got that big patio that overlooks allen parkway a really nice like uh, roughly 20 seat private dining room you know a, a pretty spacious little bar area right there at the entrance and it all feels like very you know very glamorous very luxurious it's it's very appropriate for this this development that has the big you know hanover apartment complex and and the green spaces and and everything else that's going on at Autry Park. So it's a it's a real statement piece. And then, yeah, you talk about the food. This is a restaurant that's open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, during the week. And then brunch and dinner on the weekends. And and it's just doing this kind of classic French stuff, right? Like we didn't, we went for dinner. So we had, you know, we had steak tartare. We had, we had a seafood tower. We had braised short ribs and, uh, seared scallops and a and an escargot and and a foie gras tarchon and caesar salad and and it's all like you know is it is it groundbreaking stuff no was it very tasty and and well executed absolutely it's classic french you know yeah it's classic french and i mean we ordered we ordered a couple of different things you know it's not it's easy to fuck up classics because they're classics you know <laughs> Um, I ordered a Caesar and everybody's like, who ordered the salad? And I was like, me, I need a green. 
And I mean, you took one bite of it. You were like, oh, this is so garlicky and wonderful. And I'm like, yeah, fool. You know, like classics are classics for a reason. It's the same things. It's it's the reason why Anvil is a staple to Montrose neighborhood. Why? Because they do classics time and time again. The same, same damn specs for the last 14 years. You know what I mean? But they're classics, you know, and they're, they're executed well. And when you fuck up a classic you're gonna pay for it you know what i mean you're gonna hear it yeah you're kind of so. putting yourself out there right if you're if you're doing a classic it needs to be familiar it needs to taste like what people think it's supposed to taste like it needs to be well presented i mean i think about that foie gras tarchon that was so creamy and smooth and it came with the the jam and the bread and and everything else it's like yes this meets my expectations of what that dish is supposed to taste like and the same thing with the short ribs, you know, it was tender, it was hearty, it was satisfying. It was, it was all good things. And that's, you know, that's when you, when you order those dishes, that's what you, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ended up t- chatting with Teddy for a second and, you know, I know I've known Russell for many, many years and Artisans has always been like such a great little gem in Midtown. And so having him having watching, knowing that Russell is going to be behind this classic French cuisine at in a bigger stage, I'm excited, you know, and I mean, Teddy's been to some of the best openings in Houston in the last 10 years. And so, you know, I think he was like, oh, I think I broke my leg or hurt my leg or something. And I'm like, what are you still doing here? He's like, no, man. He's like, we're not stopping. Like, we've got to finish, you know, so it's a little to me it's always like can't you just chill out but i know me i'm the same way i mean i broke my leg you know a year ago and i still went and i drove myself to austin to do a presentation and no one knew that i broke my leg until after i was done with my presentation and remember coming out from the they were like you did your presentation with a broken leg and I was like did you know that I did were the drinks delicious you know what I mean so (laughs) you know what I mean and so you know back to kind of like you know like watching people open through all kinds of weird things and you know the show must go on so and I I mean I hope for Teddy's sake that his leg isn't broken but no he's a very hard-working guy he he worked quietly behind the scenes for Ronnie Killen for many years at every single one of his concepts, steakhouse, STQ, barbecue, TMX, burgers, whatever. Anytime Ronnie needed someone to to come in and make sure everything was running smoothly, he had Teddy there for years to do that. And so that Teddy is now working alongside Russell to get this restaurant open. I I just think that speaks very well of, of Bird, right? That they brought in someone who's experienced and hardworking and then Teddy said, yeah, he'll he'll peace out and move on to whatever the next opening is, which I think will be Tavola, their new Italian spot on Post Oak. And then he'll be there for a little while. And then he'll come back to Autry Park as they'll open Turner's Cut, their very luxurious uh, new steakhouse. And then he'll go back to the Galleria area to open uh, the new Latab that's gonna that's coming above Tavola or their live fire concept that's opening in uh, lazy brook timber grove or or whatever but if he's kind of this you know to use a sports analogy the the utility player who can who can jump in and, and help you know keep a kitchen moving smoothly that's great 
And, you know, I don't think there's anything we had at our meal that I wouldn't happily order again. Yeah, it's a to- it's a total sight to be seen. All right. Any other thoughts on Annabelle Brasserie? No. All right. Well, before we go, I have to we, we should tell the audience, I, I think this may uh, be your this may be your last podcast for a little while. It might be. Yeah, it's a this will be my last podcast for a second. I'm uh I am I am transitioning to another city, which I will keep you guys posted on my social media. But yeah, I'm a it's time for your girl to fly. So I'll be a, I'm I'm currently in Los Angeles right now and I'm working this weekend um with a couple of friends of mine. But yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm checking out checking out the business in other in another city. Well, I have to say I, I looked it up. I found that you've You've been participating in the show since March of 2018. You you weren't in that first, that very beginning uh, in the first year, but I, I got you on pretty quickly. And our, our first episode was where we went to Pico's and and had a, an up and down breakfast experience very memorably. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've come a long way since then. Linda, you've been an invaluable contributor to the show. And I will miss you dearly, but I wish you all of the success in your endeavors on the West Coast. And and I hope that uh, however that goes, eventually, you know, don't be don't be a stranger. Come back and come back and see us every now and then. I mean, I'm sure I'll I'll pop in every once in a while and see if you want me on the show every couple of months and see if you want to hear my take on whatever is going on in, in wherever. Well, I'm sure you'll make a triumphant return for the year in review at the end of the uh, in December, but but until then, this is this is goodbye for a little bit. So I, I didn't want to let that pass without uh, acknowledging acknowledging that and thanking you for everything you've done. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you. That does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Join me on Thursday when my guest will be Jonathan Horowitz of the Houston Hospitality Alliance.